What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the JT Sports Podcast, aka JT Sports Live. I'm your host. On this episode, we're going to be discussing what if Graham Mertz is actually good for the Florida Gators? Doubting Alabama is going to be a big mistake. The New Orleans Saints, I'm going to be telling you guys my biggest concern about them going into this year, why they won't live up to expectations and they won't be as good as what a lot of people think they will be. And lastly, we're going to be talking about what teams I feel this NFL season are most likely to disappoint. Before we get into it, if you haven't already and you're new, make sure that you go ahead, leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel. We go live every day. Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time or around 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Listen to the audio version of the JT Sports Podcast. We're not just available on YouTube. You can find us on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from, you can find the JT Sports Podcast. Rate us five stars. We're getting really close to 100 five-star reviews on Apple. All you got to do is go to whichever podcasting service that you use, type in the JT Sports Podcast, and rate us five stars. Or you can go down to the description down below, scroll down a little bit, and there will be the links to the Apple and Spotify versions of the podcast. You can click on one of those and leave us a five-star review that way. Let's start off with this. Many people are not expecting the Florida Gators to be good this year. And a large reason for that is because Graham Mertz is expected to get the start at quarterback. Now, we know that Graham Mertz, during his time at Wisconsin, he wasn't good. He was a blessing to opposing defenses, and he pretty much held Wisconsin's offense hostage. And he hit the transfer portal. And he ended up transferring to Gainesville. He's expected to be the starting quarterback for Florida this year. And not too many people are expecting anything spectacular out of Graham Mertz. As a matter of fact, a lot of people expect this guy to be amongst the worst quarterbacks in the SEC this year. But let's play devil's advocate, right? Let's try to have a little bit of optimism. What if, and this is a hypothetical situation, What if Graham Mertz actually surprises us and he actually has a good season for Florida this year? What if he has a Bo Nix or Michael Penix-like resurgence? You look at Florida's roster, offensively, they don't really have a lot of proven talent. The offensive line has a couple of question marks there, but I think at best their offensive line should be slightly above average. I don't think they're going to have one of the worst offensive lines in the SEC. They have one of the best running back duos, not just in the SEC, but in college football. You have Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne. Both of those guys were really good for Florida last year. And that receiver, you don't have a lot of proven talent but you do have a good amount of talent in the wide receiver room it's just that you don't really have any household names yet outside of Ricky Pearsall aka Pretty Ricky now they do have a wide receiver who I really like a lot who could have a breakout year this season his name is Marcus Burke he was going off in the spring game he had probably the best catch of that whole entire game it was a bad throw by Graham Mertz but it was a fantastic catch by him And he also comes from the 904, so we're always going to show love to our 904 brethren around here. And then this defense should improve. It was really awful last year. They bring in defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong, who is the youngest defensive coordinator amongst Power 5 DCs going into this year. And this is somebody who kind of has some options. And he opted to go to Gainesville. And he's one of the youngest up-and-coming stars that we have at the D.C. position. So for Florida fans, there's a lot of optimism about how improved this defense is going to be in 2023. So for Graham Mertz, if he can play at a good level, I think Florida is capable of being able to win at least six to seven games. Now... For Florida to win more than seven games, they're going to need Graham Mertz to play at a Heisman caliber level, which I'm pretty sure has a low chance of happening. But 
there's a higher chance of Graham Mertz being solid and being serviceable versus him playing at a Heisman level. Let's just face it. Graham Mertz, if he plays at a Heisman level, it's going to be the biggest surprise, not just this college football season, but one of the biggest surprises in college football history and recent memory because this dude was not good at Wisconsin. But if he ends up having a solid season for Florida and the run game ends up being as good as what it was last year and he can get some solid protection up front, there's a strong chance that Florida can over exceed a lot of people's expectation because most people expect this to be a rebuilding year for the Gators and Billy Napier. Their schedule is really difficult. You got to go on the road to kick off your season against Utah, one of the best teams in the Pac-12. And you saw how you beat Utah last year. So Kyle Winningham and company are most definitely looking for revenge. And it's really hard to win on the road at Utah. But if Graham Mertz plays solid this year he plays well in that game and I definitely think that Florida has a good chance of pulling off the upset because the best chance to pull off an upset is at the start of the college football season then you play Manise State regardless if Graham Mertz plays well or not you should be able to beat them then you got to play Tennessee which I, I, I don't I don't know if y'all can beat Tennessee if Graham Mertz plays solid I think like what I said earlier, if you're going to try to win more than seven games, you need Graham Mertz to play at a Heisman caliber level. And if you're going to beat Tennessee, you need Graham Mertz to play one of the best games of his collegiate career. Then you play Charlotte. That's a winnable game. You go on the road and play Kentucky. I definitely think if you can get some good QB play out of Graham Mertz in that game, you're going to have a shot at beating them, even though I do think that Kentucky is being heavily slept on this year. Vanderbilt. You should be able to take care of them. Then you got to play South Carolina. Now, South Carolina is a toss-up. They didn't have a good defense last year. We don't know how that defense is going to look this year. So that definitely is a winnable game. Then you got your bye week. And then you got to play Georgia, which you probably don't have no chance at being able to win that game. I understand it's a rivalry game, but let's just be honest. Florida is down here and Georgia is all the way up here. So I doubt you're going to have a chance of being able to win that game, regardless how well Grant Mertz plays. Arkansas is really interesting. They have a couple of question marks. They've had a good amount of roster turnover. If you can get good play out of Mertz in that game, I think it could go either way. And you are playing at home. And then your last three games of the regular season, on the road in Death Valley at LSU, on the road against Missouri, back-to-back. I think there is a small chance that maybe you pull off the upset against LSU, maybe. I don't think LSU is as good as what a lot of people think they will be. Then you got to play Missouri under Eli Drinkwitz. Missouri is the definition of mid, so definitely that's a winnable game for Florida. And then you got to play your rival, Florida State, which I don't really think you're going to be able to win that game. So if Florida can get good, serviceable QB play out of Grand Mertz, you know, he can take care of the football, not turn it over, be a good game manager. This is a squad that can end up winning six games, maybe seven. Maybe they can pull off upset against Tennessee or Arkansas or LSU. But for Florida to win more than seven games, you need this fool to play at a Heisman level. You need him to have Bo Nix, Michael Penix, kind of production like what they had last year with their new squads and I don't think it can happen but there is a small chance that it can happen but I think more likely if we want to be a little bit more realistic if you can get him playing at a serviceable level which is definitely possible I think that Billy Napier is a pretty good head coach I'm way higher on Billy Napier than most people I don't know why I was watching him a lot when he was the head coach at Louisiana Lafayette I was just a big fan of Elijah Mitchell and Levi Lewis so that's why I was watching him so much at Louisiana so I'm kind of a little bit biased towards Billy Napier I know I pride my channel on being unbiased but I really do like Billy Napier I am rooting for him to succeed in Florida I do think that he will be a pretty good head coach for Florida I know if you're a Gators fan things look really really bleak right now even though you're having a lot of success in recruiting, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people, once the season rolls around, they're going to be really depressed when it comes to discussing and watching Florida football. But if Grant Mertz can at least be serviceable for Florida, I think it's really, really realistic 
for them to be able to win six, seven games. Florida is more than capable of being able to pull off an upset. And hell, if you can get solid QB plow to Graham Mertz, he might be better than what Anthony Richardson was last year. Anthony Richardson, in a lot of Gators fans' eyes, was highly inconsistent. Some Gators fans who even go as far to call him trash. I'm not going to go that far. But I do think for Anthony Richardson, though, he had a lot of inexperience. Graham Mercer is somebody who brings a lot of experience to the table. He is somebody who started in a lot of games. And if you can get the run game going, give this man some good protection, and you can have receivers step up around him, I think there's a good chance that maybe he could end up surprising some folks this year and being serviceable and being a pretty good QB. So this is just a hypothetical situation. What if Graham Mertz is good for the Gators? I know some of you Gators fans were probably hoping for me to have you winning eight, nine games. But for that to happen, you need this whole entire team, not just Graham Mertz, to step up. You also need to catch a couple of breaks in your schedule. You're going to have to pull off a couple of upsets or two. And I just don't think even if Graham Mertz plays at a serviceable level or average level that you're going to be able to win too many games. Florida just doesn't really have a great team this year. At best, they could be in the middle of the pack, but more than likely, they probably are going to be one of the more worst teams in the SEC this year. But if Graham Mertz can play well and play at least serviceable football for them, there's a role for them to win six, seven games this year. If you're doubting Alabama football and you think that this team is somehow going to win less than 10 games this year, please hit me up on social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever platform you be on, please DM me and make a bet with me because I would love to take your money. If you think that Alabama is going to win 10 games or less, I think you're tripping and I think you're smoking some dead good kush and you got to send me your plug, man, because I want to know where you're getting that smoke from if you think that Alabama has a chance at winning less than 10 games, man. Do you not know that Alabama has the highest blue chip ratio in all of college football? 90% of their roster is comprised of five-star, four-star players. The second team behind them is Ohio State at 85%. Alabama has had either the number one or number two recruiting class every single year since 2018. And if you think that Alabama is just going to fall apart this year, it's going to be because you don't believe in Nick Saban. And if you don't believe in Nick Saban, the greatest coach in college football history, then I really am tempted to call you either a biased fan, maybe you're an LSU fan or an Auburn fan or something like that, but I think you're really bold and you're really brave to come on here and say that Alabama is going to win less than 10 games, man, because the problem with Alabama is not talent. They have plenty of talent. The thing with Alabama is coaching, and even though Alabama had what most people consider an Alabama standard to be a down year last year. If you want to say they got carried by Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. But Alabama and Nick Saban, they made a lot of changes on this coaching staff. And I know not a lot of people were high on the hiring of Tommy Reese and bringing in Kevin Still, who they stole from Miami as their D.C., but if you don't trust Tommy Reese or Kevin Steele, at least trust Nick Saban. Even if you're a hater of Alabama or you're a fan of a rival school of Alabama, I think you should at least give Nick Saban the benefit of a doubt. Bias aside, this dude is the best coach in college football. One thing that Nick Saban does a really good job at is being able to adapt. And if you're somebody who questions Nick Saban deciding to want to change his offensive and defensive philosophy, uh, I, I think also I wouldn't do that neither. I think you're a little bit bold to question Nick Saban's offensive philosophy and defensive philosophy change. This dude knows his football. He's one of the greatest coaches in college football history for a reason. So I'm going to trust his judgment. If he thinks something needs to be changed, I'm going to give him the benefit of a doubt because he has proven time in and time out to get the job done. He wouldn't be considered a GOAT for no reason. And if you think Alabama's going to win 
less than 10 games you're telling me that they're gonna have three or four losses potentially who are they gonna lose to I don't care how many games they would have lost last year without Jameer Gibbs and Bryce Young that's last year talk about 2023 I don't give a damn about what happened in 2022 you see that's what kind of irritates me with some of y'all folks man y'all try to judge football based off history history doesn't win games and it doesn't win championships judge Alabama for the team they have on the field going into 2023 you mean to tell me that you think that Nick Saban is going to have back-to-back losses to LSU and Tennessee at home do you not know the last time Alabama lost at home it was 2019 to LSU who was led by Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow and one of the greatest teams in the history of college football their second loss before that was four years prior to Ole Miss they don't lose at home. So if you think that Alabama's going to win less than 10 games, you're telling me that they're either going to lose to Texas, LSU, or they're going to lose to Tennessee at home, a place that they barely lose at. Do you not know how good you have to be to beat Alabama at home? And even then, last year, Tennessee and LSU, they were blessed to beat Alabama last year. Like, truthfully, if you're an LSU fan, Tennessee fan, put your bias aside and just admit that you barely beat Alabama. LSU beat Alabama by a miracle two-point conversion. Tennessee beat Alabama at home with a miracle field goal make. You beat Alabama when they had to travel to your house. Traveling to Bryant-Denny Stadium is a completely different animal. Alabama... I don't get how people can literally, with a straight face, tell me that this team is going to win less than 10 games. I think you have to be absolutely absurd out of your damn mind to believe that's going to happen. Like, even some of y'all folks saying that don't even believe that's going to happen. How many of you guys truthfully believe Alabama's going to win less than 10 games? If you believe that, please hit me up on Twitter at JTSports underscore underscore or on Instagram at JTSports underscore. And please put your money where your mouth is because I would love to take your money if you believe that Alabama in God's ever-loving green earth in the year 2023 with Nick Saban as their head coach is going to win less than 10 games. The only way Alabama wins less than 10 games if his hell freezes over, man. Alabama winning less than 10 games? Do you not know how crazy that is? These guys have brought in the number one and number two recruiting classes for every year since 2018. Talent is not the issue. They have plenty of talent on the defense side of the football. Have you not seen Dallas Turner? This dude looks like something that you see on an X-Men movie. Do you not see how this man is built? They got Kool-Aid McKinstry, who many people believe is going to be the first cornerback taken off the board in next year's draft. I know, I know, we got concerns about who's going to be starting at QB. But I don't, it's not like I think quarterback play is going to hold back Alabama. Do you guys not remember that Alabama went to the college football playoffs with Blake Sims? Blake Sims? If you can make it to the college football playoffs with Blake Sims, I'm pretty sure you can make it with Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, or Tyler Buckner. Come on, man. Like, I I don't think Alabama is going to be held back by quarterback play, man. What's good with y'all in the chat, man? What's going on with y'all in the chat? Like, do y'all think that Alabama, for the people that's watching this live, are going to win less than 10 games? Like, I think you have to be tripping really hard and smoking some good gunja if you think that Alabama in the year 2023 is going to lose less than 10 games, breaking in the number one and number two recruiting classes for every year since 2018 and barely losing on the road to LSU and Tennessee. Where do you see more than two losses on Alabama's schedule? Tell me, you think they're going to lose to Middle Tennessee State? Absolutely not. You think they're going to lose to Texas? Like, there's a good chance they lose to Texas. There, There is a good chance. I'm not going to sleep on Texas and not like Texas doesn't have a shot to beat them. But you mean to tell me you can see them losing to USF? Oh, Miss, which I love me some Lane Kiffin. I love me some Ole Miss. 
But I don't think Ole Miss is good enough to beat Alabama this year, even on a down year. Like, a down year for Alabama is a great year for most programs, man. You think they're going to beat Mississippi State? R.I.P. Mike Leach? But I don't think that's going to happen. Texas A&M, okay. I, I think Texas A&M got a shot this year to beat Alabama. I do. I love me some Texas A&M this year. I believe in Bobby, Bobby Petrino. I believe in Connor Wigman. And you know that Texas A&M always gets a lot of close games when they play Alabama the majority of times. But then you telling me that they're going to lose for a second consecutive year at home against Tennessee and LSU? Those teams barely beat Alabama in their own house last year. I doubt they do it for a second time in a year. Kentucky, I think I think Kentucky is heavily underrated going into this year, but Kentucky doesn't have the horses to go toe-to-toe with Alabama. Okay, let's just keep it a stack. Chattanooga, they paid Chattanooga to blow them out. And then they got to play Auburn. Listen. Hugh Freeze is really good at pulling off upsets, but Auburn doesn't have a good squad this year. They don't. They fit that transfer portal really hard, but I don't think Auburn's going to be able to beat Alabama. They may be able to keep it close because it is the Iron Bowl and it is a huge rivalry game, but where do you realistically see more than two losses on Alabama's schedule? Like, I can get being skeptical about Alabama's quarterback situation. But it's not like they don't have three talented QBs on the roster. Somebody said, like, if you got two QBs, you don't have a QB. That's absolutely wrong. Alabama had what? Mac Jones and Tua and Jalen Hurts all on one roster at one point? Come on, man. Like, I doubt that all three of these quarterbacks, if they get the opportunity to start this year, are going to all be completely buns. One of these guys is going to end up hitting because when is the last time Alabama had terrible quarterback play? Even if you don't have good QB play on par to what you have had in previous years, going from Bryce Young to Mac Jones and Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts, but with Nick Saban being your head coach, Alabama is always going to have an opportunity to win. If you're doubting Alabama and you think they're going to win less than 10 games, that means that you're doubting Nick Saban. When Nick Saban has proven time in and time out to be over to overcome the obstacles, he's been able to adapt. I get being skeptical about, you know, coming from a perspective of saying that, okay, Alabama has concerns about the offensive line. Alabama has concerns at receiver, but it's not like they don't have talent. The talent's there for Alabama to be great this year. It's just all about is the coaching going to be there. And even if Tommy Reese isn't better than what Bill O'Brien was, I don't think the bar is set too high at OC. A lot of Bama fans were not thrilled with Bill O'Brien. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. Bill O'Brien is probably the worst OC that Nick Saban has had in a very long time. Normally, if you coach under Nick Saban, you get a head coaching job. Look at Mike Loxley. Look at Lane Kiffin. Normally going to Alabama is being seen as a stepping stone to something greater. But for the previous coordinators he had, they were not that great. Pete Golding was not a good DC. I don't care what the stats say. Like, I was going back and forth with an old Miss fan. Like, Pete Golding was not a good DC. If Pete Golding was a good DC, do you think he would have left Alabama for Ole Miss? Or do you think he would have gotten a head coaching job? He went to a worse program. If he was a good coordinator, Pete Golding would have remained on Alabama staff. Like, I trust Nick Saban. You may not be all that confident in his staff hires, but I trust his judgment. If Nick Saban wants to change his offense, I trust his judgment with that because this is the goal for a reason. He has a way better understanding of the game of football than what me and you have as fans. I'm not saying you got to believe in Alabama. You can doubt Alabama all you want to, but if you are, please DM me on Instagram and Twitter. I would love to take your money if you think that Alabama is going to lose more than two games this year. You think they're going to go 9-3, and 8-4? and four? 
please, you can follow me on Instagram and DM me at JTSports underscore, and you can find me on Twitter at JTSports underscore underscore. If you really think that Alabama's going to win less than 10 games this year, please, please DM me. Please DM me. And when you end up being wrong, pay up. Don't don't be one of those people that got to come find you now. If you haven't already, make sure that you guys go ahead, leave a like on the stream. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel if you're new. We go live every day, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time or around 5 p.m. People in the chat saying, putting the house on the line, you convinced me and them overrated. I'm a UGA fan, and I don't see Bama not having another 10-win season or more. Just found your channel, but you seem very objective in your taste coming from a Tennessee fan. I appreciate that. They be forgetting that. It's most of these kids' first time starting or getting more looks. They'll get better as the season goes on. Facts. I'm taking bets. Yeah, man. Like, I'm trying to tell people, man. Like, Dallin, Alabama? That's not smart. Come on, man. If you haven't already, make sure that you listen to the JT Sports Podcast. You can find the audio version of this episode available on all podcasting platforms. We're not just available on YouTube. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the JT Sports Podcast. If you want to support the channel, the best way to do so is by leaving us with a five-star review. It's free. It only takes two seconds to do so. All you got to do is go to whichever podcasting platform that you use, type in JT Sports Podcast, it will pop up. Leave us a five-star review, or you can go down to the description down below, scroll down a little bit, and there will be the links to the Apple and Spotify versions of the podcast. Now, I'm really, really skeptical about Saints fans, man. I really don't understand how Saints fans have confidence in their head coach, Dennis Allen. Like, the biggest concern for the New Orleans Saints has to be Dennis Allen as their head coach. Like, listen, I get it. You have the best team on paper in this division. The NFC South is not a talented division on paper. You got Derek Carr, the best QB in this division. I'm not denying that the Saints don't have the talent to win this division. They have a pretty easy schedule. So, yes, judging New Orleans on paper, if you're just looking at their roster and their depth charts, they should be good enough to win this division and make it to the postseason with ease. But a lot of people are really overlooking Dennis Allen. This man is not a good head coach. He's not like Saints fans act like Derek Carr is just going to fix everything. But yet, you guys... Act like Dennis Allen isn't a huge liability. Like, you guys are the same people who are saying, man, the Saints are going to be a playoff team, JT. You're tripping. When y'all were the same people who last year were making a petition to get Dennis Allen fired. What does this say? Change.org. Fire Saints head coach Dennis Allen. It had 5,723 signatures, right? Why this petition matters. In 2022, the Saints hired Dennis Allen as their new head coach. After Coach Sean Payton decided to step down after 15 seasons, in his first season as the team's head coach, Allen has a record of 3-7 and seven as the making of this petition. The worst start for the Saints since 2005 before Sean Payton arrived. Dang! Last in the NFL in turnovers and one of the rest, one of the worst red zone teams in football. He also decided to start Andy Dalton over this starting quarterback, Jameis Winston, after Jameis Winston suffered a back injury in week three versus the Carolina Panthers. Mmm. Mm-mm-mm. Is he spitting facts right now? Because this guy is spitting right now. This man cooking. He informed Winston that he will get the starting job back after he comes back from injury, a promise he hasn't fulfilled. Oh, so he's a liar? Uh, This is a good sign of leadership? A coach who lies to his players? This is good leadership to y'all Saints fans? This is the head coach that you believe is going to be able to win this division for y'all? It gets better, people. I promise y'all it gets better. Now, this isn't my words. This isn't my opinion. So you can't say I'm hating on y'all. This is coming from a New Orleans Saints fan directly from his mouth. We're reading this, right? Y'all Y'all eyes watching this, right? Y'all eyes see this, right? Y'all eyes see what we're reading right now, right? Andy Dalton has lost four 
of his last five games as a starter. Dennis Allen is 11-34 as a head coach. The Saints team under his watch has been an embarrassment. This man said the Saints have been an embarrassment under Dennis Allen. An embarrassment, people. Dennis Allen has shown, has not shown the leadership it takes to be a head coach of the New Orleans Saints and should be relieved of his duties. The Saints have become a disgrace, an abomination, and downright pathetic. Oh my God. Michael Thomas deserves better. This is the comments, people. Fuck. Somebody said, somebody said, fuck him. Yes, there are a lot of injuries. But that doesn't excuse poor play calling and lack of discipline. Say it again, William Appeal. Yes, there are a lot of injuries, but that doesn't excuse poor play calling and lack of discipline. Y'all got to remember, the New Orleans Saints, prior to Dennis Allen becoming their head coach, they went 9-8 and eight in Sean Payton's final season. He had four different QBs that year. Jameis Winston had them boys at 5-1 on top of this division. He had the best touchdown to interception ratio in the NFL up to that point. 14 TDs to two picks. And then he went down. And then he had to start Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, and Ian Book. In some way, somehow, Sean Payton had that team at 9-8 with the worst receiving core in the league that year. Do you know who was New Orleans' best receiver in 2021? Marquez Callaway. And they had a lot of injuries that season also. So how come Sean Payton can go 9-8? But yeah, Dennis Allen with a better team, even in spite of injuries, went 7-10. If you give Sean Payton last year's New Orleans team, they go to the playoffs. Chris Hood says, play stupid games and win stupid prizes. He making the Saints look bad. For all y'all Saints fans that think I'm hating on y'all, this ain't me. This is comments from y'all fan base. People in y'all fan base saying that Dennis Allen isn't a good coach. I'm pretty sure some of y'all watching this are the same people who believe that the Saints are a playoff team, though. But y'all just going to overlook the fact that this dude isn't a good head coach? He ain't got no fire or passion in the as a head coach. Free j man. There is clearly no inspiration on the field, and motivation starts with the head coach. Allen has a mediocre record as a head coach at best. Anyone who cannot go at least 8-8 eight and eight with this team full of that much talent does not deserve the reins. Say it again, Brian Nelson. Say it again. They preaching right now. And this isn't coming from me, Saints fans. This ain't coming from me, so you can't call me biased. This is words from your own fan base. Your own fan base. Dennis Allen is terrible. We deserve so much better than him. He's taking a very good team and making them look stupid. Get rid of this joker. So once again, you Saints fans are really going to overlook the fact that Dennis Allen is your head coach. You just think that Derek Carr is just going to fix all your problems? Derek Carr is a solid QB. But he's not going to be able to overcome bad coaching. This dude, Dennis Allen, is not a good head coach. He's not. How many second chance head coaches that have had losing records have worked out? Please tell me. I mean, Doug Peterson doesn't count. He doesn't have a losing record. And please don't use Bill Belichick because Bill Belichick is an anomaly. Recently, second chance head coaches have not worked out in the league, man. Pat Shermer has failed. Todd Bowles is failing right now. He could barely win one of the worst divisions, if not the worst division in football last year with Tom freaking Brady. Second chance head coaches do not work out more times than not unless they're proven head coaches that have at least been able to get a team to the postseason. It doesn't matter if Dennis Allen was the head coach for the Raiders and they were a bad organization. That's why you were hired to change the organization. The New Orleans Saints literally retained all of Sean Payne's assistance to make the transition for Dennis Allen easier. What the hell happened to Pete Carmichael as the offensive coordinator, bruh? Like, this dude was really good calling plays under Sean Payne when given the opportunity. Now, all of a sudden, he's forgotten how to call plays? Like, I thought Pete Carmichael was supposed to be a good play caller. We didn't see it last year. Like, what happened? Oh, JT, we got to start Andy Don. We had all these injuries. Sean Payton 
went nine and eight with Marquez Callaway being his best receiver, dog. If you gave Sean Payton Chris Olave last season and the talent that the New Orleans Saints had, even in spite of injuries, they would have went to the postseason. A good head coach is able to overcome injuries. The Cincinnati Bengals had multiple injuries on the offensive line going into the postseason last year. Still were able to win a playoff game. The New York Giants, dog. Brian Dable in his first season went to the postseason with Daniel freaking Jones at QB, fam. Daniel Jones! Daniel Jones! They had no receivers and a not-so-great offensive line. Like, there were more coaches who did more with less than what Dennis Allen had. Like, I don't get how y'all keep overlooking this. Pete Carroll! Pete Carroll went to the postseason with Geno Smith! Geno Smith! The Seattle Seahawks were expected to be amongst the worst teams in the NFL. They were expected to have the number one overall pick. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. There were coaches last season who did more with less. Pete Carroll went to the postseason with Geno Smith. Geno Smith. You mean to tell me you thought that Geno Smith was going to be able to take Seattle to the postseason before last year? But y'all making excuses for Dennis Allen? Come on, man. Everybody deals with injuries. That's a part of the game. The good coaches are able to overcome injuries. Y'all really trying to make excuses for Dennis Allen when your own fan base has called this dude an abomination? Y'all see these comments? Y'all own fan base saying this. But I know what y'all going to do in the comment section. I know what y'all going to say. Y'all going to say, man, JT, a small amount of the fan base doesn't speak for everybody. Like, come on. Get real. This man is not a good coach. Like, I, I just want y'all to just admit that Dennis Allen is a question mark. That, that's all I want. Can, can we at least agree on that? Can we at least agree that the biggest question mark for New Orleans this year is Dennis Allen? I like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is going to be solid. But having solid QB play is not going to be enough to overcome bad coaching. When you look at head coaches in their first three years, you are what you are. If you're a bad head coach, you're going to continue to do things that make you a bad head coach. Dennis Allen isn't good. I don't get how you Saints fans are overlooking this and you just think you're a lock to win the division. The people in the national media who keep picking y'all to win the South thinking that it's a guaranteed, they tripping too. Get real. Get real. People in the national media, all they do is look at the talent, but they overlook coaching. Why do you think that the Dallas Cowboys kept going 8-8 eight and eight year after year after year after year after year after year after year? Because they had Jason Garrett. Jason, the master hand clapper Garrett, was an average head coach. That's why Dallas kept on underachieving. You went 7-10 last year, not because of injuries, but because you had bad coaching. Sean Payton went 9-8 with a way worse team, even with injuries. Dennis Allen is not a good head coach. Your own fan base, man. Your own fan base doesn't believe in him. And some of y'all probably just the, flipping the switch now because it's the all season. This is the time where everybody is overly optimistic for their team. But sometimes I think that it pays to be a little bit real. Because all y'all people that's being overly optimistic about this team, when it comes to the middle of the season and New Orleans is disappointing, you're going to be right back to where you were last year. The biggest concern for the New Orleans Saints in 2023 is Dennis Allen. And I think he's going to be the reason why the New Orleans Saints likely disappoint this season. Now, if I'm wrong and New Orleans wins this division or they make it to the playoffs, Give Dennis Allen coach of the year. Just give him coach of the year. I have no problem coming on here and saying that I'm wrong. All you Saints fans are going to say, man, I hope you don't run if we end up proving you wrong. I'm going to be here, brother. I promise you I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to be right on here laughing about how wrong I was. We're going to replay this and we all going to laugh at it. But right now, Dennis Allen hasn't proven anything. I think that the Carolina Panthers are going to win the division. They got the better head coach, Frank Wright. 
He has a winning record. He's really good with QBs, and he's the only coach in this division who's got his team to the postseason. I don't trust no Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen hasn't proven anything as a head coach. He hasn't proven that he can build a winning football team. He hasn't even been able to change the culture. NFL teams that are likely to disappoint this season, man. Let me know down in the comment section down below what teams you guys think are going to disappoint this year. Now, let me give you guys my criteria for this. These are teams that I'm not saying they're not going to make it to the playoffs. I'm just going to say that there's a high chance that they end up not living up to expectations. The first one is the New York Jets. Now, I think the New York Jets are going to make it to the postseason, but there is a really good chance that everything could go wrong. Maybe Aaron Rodgers ends up becoming Brett Favre 2.0. We saw how much of, the, of a disaster that was when Brett Favre went to the Big Apple. The New York Jets also have some question marks on the offensive line. Makai Beckton, he's a really good offensive tackle, but he cannot stay healthy. And Aaron Rodgers, maybe he is washed. Maybe I'm wrong, and a lot of other people who are high on Aaron Rodgers are wrong, and maybe this guy just ends up completely being a total wash. And Nathaniel Hackett, he hasn't proven to be a good offensive coordinator, although he's going to be running a similar, a similar offense that Aaron Rodgers was used to at Green Bay. He never called the plays during his time as the OC for the Green Bay Packers. Now, some people say he called plays in the red zone and whatnot. I don't really know all the truth to all that. But all I know is that last year, Nathaniel Hackett, when he called plays for the Denver Broncos, he ruined Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson went from being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL to being one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And when Nathaniel Hackett got fired, Russell Wilson was playing better football with the interim head coach than he was with Nathaniel Hackett. Russell Wilson went from Russell Wilson to just Russell under Nathaniel Hackett. And even though the New York Jets do have a pretty good team, there is a chance that this could go wrong. Now, I'm not saying that the New York Jets are going to be terrible, but I would be a little bit biased if I didn't say that there is a chance that the New York Jets could disappoint. What about this next team? The Los Angeles Chargers. This team was a lot of people's dark horse pick to make it to the Super Bowl last year. And what did they do? They ended up blowing a big lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first round of the postseason. And Brandon Staley hasn't been a good head coach. The Los Angeles Chargers went to the playoffs last year because they were able to beat up on bad teams. They were 1-4 against playoff teams last year. The only playoff team that they beat last year was the Miami Dolphins. And I give Brandon Staley some credit for that. He clamped up that offense. But outside of that, they were not good against teams that went to the postseason last year. And going into this year, even though I am pretty high on him bringing in Kellen Moore, the previous offensive coordinator they had was underutilizing Justin Herbert's talents. He basically had a Corvette and treated it like it was a Honda Civic. No offense to my Honda Civic owners out there. But Brandon Staley, he's supposed to be a defensive-minded head coach. And his one long season as the D.C. for the L.A. Rams, they had the best defense in the NFL. And after that, he's been a head coach of the L.A. Chargers, and that defense hasn't even been anywhere close to how good it was when he was the D.C. for the L.A. Rams that season. And you can blame it on injuries all you want to, but it's like if you can clamp up the Miami Dolphins, who had arguably one of the best offenses in the NFL around that time last year, how come you can't do that for the rest of the season? Brandon Staley is not really popular in the eyes of L.A. Chargers fans. There were a lot of Chargers fans who wanted Sean Payton. They wanted Brandon Staley fired, and they wanted Sean Payton. Like, just like my concerns I have with Dennis Allen, I have the same concerns about Brandon Staley. And I think that the Chargers have a really talented team. But talent doesn't get you far in the NFL if you don't have good coaching, especially if you're playing in the toughest conference in the NFL, the AFC that's loaded with star QBs and good head coaches. And plus, you got to go against two of the best offensive minds in the history of this sport twice a year. Sean Payton is now in this division. The Denver Broncos aren't going to be an easy win. And even when the Denver Broncos were down this year, the LA Chargers were barely able to beat them. 
They were struggling against the Denver Broncos the last two times they played last season. They're going to be even better with Sean Payton. Then you got to play against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You think Brandon Staley's defense is going to be able to slow down Patrick Mahomes and Big Red's offense? Absolutely not. J.C. Jackson's coming back. Okay, cool. He wasn't good when he was healthy. He was one of the worst free agency signings in the NFL last season. You got Khalil Mack, who's pretty solid. Joey Bosa, who's really good. Your defense is going to be pretty improved, but under Brandon Staley, this defense has yet to look elite under him. He's a defensive-minded head coach. Justin Herbert kind of carried the Chargers last year. They had four injuries on the offensive line at one point. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both got banged up during certain stretches of last year, and they couldn't run the football effectively. And I believe that Kellen Moore is a more than capable OC but you're going to need more than him if you're going to be able to make it to the postseason. And a lot of the Chargers fans, they expect not to just make it to the playoffs, but they expect to at least win a playoff game. So even if you make it to the playoffs and you lose in the wild card round, that would again be considered a disappointment. This team is way too talented to be not making it to the postseason or making it to the playoffs and then losing the first round. So I think the Chargers have a really good chance of disappointing, even though they have a really talented team like Brandon Staley Kinda is giving me Jason Garrett vibes. And then you got the New Orleans Saints. Now, we already touched on the New Orleans Saints. Once again, for all you Saints fans that think Derek Carr is going to solve all your problems, remember that this is the same fan base who made a petition that got 5,723 signatures saying, Fire head coach Dennis Allen. Your own fan base. This, this ain't coming from me. This is coming from your own fan base. They called this man a disgrace an abomination, and downright pathetic. That's what the Saints have become under Sean, under, what's his man's name? Dennis Allen. This ain't coming from my, my mouth. This is coming from Saints fans saying that the Saints have become a disgrace, an abomination, and downright pathetic under Dennis Allen. This is coming from the words of Saints fans, people. Not me. And the New Orleans Saints, like the LA Chargers, they got a very good roster on paper. But, like the Chargers, they got a huge question mark when it comes to their head coach. And Dennis Allen is even more questionable than Brandon Staley. Sean Payne went 9-8 his final season in New Orleans with a way worse team, even with the injuries that the Saints had last year. Sean Payton still had a way worse team in 2021 than what New Orleans had last year. His best receiver was Marquez Callaway. Marquez Callaway. He had four different QBs, Jameis Winston, Ian Book, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, and was still able to win nine games with New Orleans before he retired. And then Dennis Allen, with a better roster, a better group of receivers, just takes that team and absolutely underperforms. I think out of all these teams that I have on this list, I think that the Saints, if I had to put money on any team that would end up disappointing on this list the Saints would be the team that I would put all my money on I'm really trying to tell you people you guys don't know how much confidence I have in my prediction that the Saints are going to disappoint this year you don't have a good coach when you don't have a good coach it doesn't matter how good your team is Something that a good team can overcome is bad coaching it doesn't matter if you're in the weak division you got an easy schedule a bad head coach is going to underperform and is going to lose the teams that you should be able to beat. And he's not going to be able to beat any good team that has a good QB with a good head coach combination. I don't even see the Saints finishing in second place in this division. I like this the Falcons and the Carolina Panthers way more than I like New Orleans, although neither one of those two teams have a better roster than New Orleans on paper. I got way more trust in Arthur Smith, and the Falcons roster, and the talent that they have to not do in the New Orleans Saints. Same thing with Frank Wright, Bryce Young, and the Carolina Panthers. Like, I think the Saints are probably going to be the team that ends up being the biggest disappointment in the NFL this year. Like, there are people who really think the Saints can not only win the NFC South, which most people consider them a lock, but there's also people that think the Saints have a chance at making a deep postseason run. I saw one video that said that the Saints are dark horse Super Bowl contenders. What? Pass me some of that drink, man. Pass me the blunt. I need to get to your level. Because you high as hell. You think the Saints are a dark horse Super Bowl contender? Like if Dennis Allen just overnight becomes the best head coach in the NFL, then most definitely the Saints can make it to the Super Bowl. But there's no way 
I'm putting any faith in any stock into the New Orleans Saints this year. I'm putting the stock into them not being good. The Saints got a solid roster, but Dennis Allen is a bad head coach, man. And then the last team that we have on here are the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I already know that I'm going to sound like a little bit of a hypocrite when I say that you can't judge teams based on history, but there hasn't been a team that has underperformed more than the Dallas Cowboys year after year. Man, this is the year we make it to the Super Bowl, and every year they disappoint. And I think this year for the Dallas Cowboys, if they cannot at least make it to the divisional round or the conference championship game, this season could be considered a major disappointment for the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys have arguably one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. They improve the receiving core. They bring in Brandon Cooks. Michael Gabbard is going to be your wide receiver three. You got rid of Kellen Moore, who many Dallas Cowboys fans said held back the offense. He held back Dak Prescott. You're going to have a top three defense this year. Dan Quinn, who most likely is going to end up becoming a top tier head coaching candidate in the offseason. You got Stephon Gilmore. You're going to have a really good defensive line with a lot of depth and a lot of talent. You're going to have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys have a team that's good enough to be able to at least make it to the conference championship game. And if the Dallas Cowboys lose in the opening round of the postseason, that's going to be a major disappointment for them. And I definitely think there's a good chance that they do so because you know Mike McCarthy, he has a lot to prove this year. And Mike McCarthy in big games hasn't really shown up. You remember when they blow that big lead against the Jacksonville Jaguars last year? And the way they just lost that game was just so dramatic. Like the Dallas Cowboys in big games aren't really all that great. And I don't think they're going to be able to get out the first round this season. So I think there's a really high chance that they end up disappointing. Now, disappointment doesn't necessarily mean that oh, they're going to have a terrible record or something like that. But it means that they're not going to be able to live up to the expectations that most people have for them. And most people expect Dallas to at least make it to the second round of the playoffs. So I think there's a strong chance that that ends up not happening. But these are my NFL teams that are most likely to disappoint in 2023. Let me know if there's some teams that I left off this list or if there's a team on this list that shouldn't be on here. Give me your reasons why. And I want some good, solid reasons. I don't want to hear, oh, you don't know nothing about football. Like, give me a really strong reason why you believe that your team is not going to be a disappointment. But this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I appreciate everybody that's tuned in. This is our most viewed show up to this point of the offseason. I appreciate everybody that's tuned in. If you haven't already, make sure that you go ahead, leave a like on the live stream and subscribe to the channel if you're new. We go live every day at 5 p.m. Eastern Time or around 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, weekdays. You can listen to the audio version of this podcast if you join in later if you're listening after We're not just available on YouTube. You can find us on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the JT Sports Podcast. Leave us with a five-star review, please, please, please. I'm begging y'all, like, give us a five-star review if you enjoy, man. We're trying to get to 100 five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify before the season begins. If you love the content and you support the channel, Show us by giving us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. All you got to do is go to whichever podcasting service that you use, type in the JT Sports Podcast, and it will show up. Or you can go down to the description down below, scroll down a little bit, and there will be the links to the Apple and Spotify versions of the podcast. Go ahead, leave us with a five-star review. Share the podcast with your friends, family members, and acquaintances. And I will see you guys tomorrow with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.